welcome to the JMS Podcast. You are listening to Jorge M. Sanchez, straight out of San Jose. Here I am, another cold weekend uh, here, and um, I, I dig it. I love the weather when I'm wearing lots of layers of clothing, but the only uh, sucky thing about it is that I'm eating a lot, like extensively. I'm like eating almost every hour. It's not good healthy eating. It's not like fruits and vegetables. It's always like some comfort food. Like just the other day I had uh, spaghetti for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and not one complaint. I enjoyed it all. So that's the kind of weather we are in. Today we have a great guest. Today's guest is a very great friend of mine, Matt Regan. He is a promising up-and-coming actor straight out of from the San Jose State University theater program. And I met him through comedy channels, but man, uh, once he, uh, once in a while he invited me to his theatrical plays, and he always does a great job. And he really stands out. I'm not just saying that because he's my friend. I'm serious. Like, I think if this guy puts his shit together and, and, and the channels are there after graduation, I think he'll be well off as a as a legit actor. I mean, I, I already see him as a legit actor, honestly. Um, you can throw this guy anything and he'll go with it. But he's also a very funny guy. And uh, I, I got to say, I, I was happy that he came on the podcast because we were long overdue. Very long overdue. Sometimes I forget that I have that have friends I could I could be on the guest here on the podcast, and so it was great to finally get him in here and chat it up. Before we go there, before we go to the conversation with Matt Regan, I'm gonna play an insert from a film review. Of course, it is Oscar season. So who else to tackle the Oscar films and really determine if they're good enough to even be Oscar contenders than our very own JMS Podcast film critic. That will be Jacob Wheels. Jacob Wheels is the film critic of JMS Podcast and it is titled Wheels on Reels. It is available on the website jmspodcast.com and it is also available at the JMS Podcast YouTube channel. So you're going to listen to nine minutes of his film review. And if you want to hear the the full um, review, which is about 25 minutes approximately, it is available uh, on YouTube. And uh, all all you got to do is search for Gemma's podcast, Wheels on Reels. And uh, if you like it, subscribe. But please follow the JMS Podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can also follow JMS Podcast through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I could always use uh, some donations to help me run the podcast. You can do that by visiting Patreon or GoFundMe. Uh, both those links are available at the JMSPodcast.com website. All right. So let's go Let's go see what Jika Wheels has to say about the latest film that uh, came out about a week ago called Manchester by the Sea. Does it live up to its hype? Let's see. Let's find out. All right. Jacob Wheels. The best film critic in San Jose returns. I am back at this cha- the blue chair. The blue chair. The blue chair. Is that what you call it? Yeah, I call it the blue and chair. Because it's, it's blue. Because it's a chair and it's blue. It's not really. Blue. All right, problem. man. What movie did you go see this weekend? Uh, I went to go see Manchester by the Sea. Manchester by the Sea. Now this is the film that's getting huge reviews. 
I mean, it's all over the place. People are saying it's definitely an Oscar contender. Yeah, no. Um, Did you see the poster for this? It's just like like 90% of the poster is like, this film is amazing. Fucking Roger Ebert aren't even alive anymore. And he still reviewed it. <laughs> he still reviewed it. It is directed by, and it's written by Kenneth Lonergan. Oh, yeah, totally. And, and that guy's more of a playwright. But it stars Casey Affleck. Yeah. Uh, ben O'Brien. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know any of those guys. Michelle Williams. She's, mean, she's in this, right? She was great. And, I'm sorry, I'm skipping ahead. And we got a couple Kyle Chandler. I mean, you know, some people might know who that is. I don't know. I honestly didn't recognize any uh, actors in this movie except uh, Casey Affleck, and then I guess a cameo, which we can probably talk about that, right? Who's cameo? It's cameo. Uh, Matthew Broderick cameo. Oh yeah, I totally forgot he was in this film. Yeah, I, I went to go see this movie. I totally forgot he was in it. That's uh, such a weird cameo. Like I was like, why is Matthew Broderick in this movie? Well, let's dive in right into Manchester United. How, how do? What do you think about this film? Oh boy, oh boy. It yes, it's me... about a boy. <laughs> Part of it, yeah. No, that's a different movie. Um, no, I, I don't know how I feel about this movie because it took me so long to just get invested. I think I didn't get invested until like halfway through. Because the character, this character that Casey Affleck, uh, <laughs> this character that Casey Affleck plays is like, he's so hard to relate to. You know what I mean? Like he's just so distant that I'm like, I'm distanced from this character. You know what I mean? Like I probably feel the same emotions that the that the other characters surrounding him feel. And I was like, wait, that's brilliant. You know what I mean? The the director really put me into the shoes of someone who he's probably related to, someone who's interacting with Casey Affleck's character. And I was like, "That's genius." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I think I'm probably uh, I'm probably analyzing this way too much." And but I don't know, I don't. Know. Well, let's go straight to the plot. Yeah. Um, so what's this film about? Uh, this film is about uh, Casey Affleck. His brother dies, and his brother has a son. So basically, that forces. Uh, in in his will, he said that Casey Affleck's character uh, Lee has to has to be guardian to his son. So it's basically him coming from Boston to Manchester. And kind of like taking care of this son, this this guy's son, and it's a very like slice of life type film, you know what I mean? Like, there's no real like driving force to this film. Like, it's literally just people doing shit, slice of life style. Uh huh. Do you not agree? Like, uh, sure. Did you watch the same movie as me? I saw it, but I'm not the film critic here. Okay, you know what? Th- that character is very frustrating. So you, you did not enjoy Casey Affleck's performance. I loved his performance, but he was the fact that I was so frustrated means I loved his performance. Like I believe this guy was a thing, and yeah. and and the the reason he acts, they show you the reason he kind of acts this way, mm-hmm. and he, he's pretty much depressed. This is a very depressed character, like high levels, like the highest level of depression. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Without like, Ugh, I'm so gloomy. You know, because that's you know they didn't they didn't like. Sh- uh, it's it's so weird. They depicted depression in a way where it wasn't like, yeah, this guy's depressed. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's very subtle. This is a movie of subtleties. All right? Uh-huh. This is a subtle, awkward-ass movie. Yeah. This movie is fucking awkward. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah. Were you, I cringed at most of the scenes with Casey Affleck and people. All right? Uh-huh. It, I, oh, God. Uh-huh. Oh, God. I, I, some of the scenes were really hard to watch. It seems like you've gone through it uh, an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, that's why I'm like, this movie was great, but then I'm like, I hated this movie. I didn't hate it, but it's like this movie. I don't know. I am very up in the air about this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it was good. I was bored like half the time, but then some some scenes come around, come along. Uh, some scenes come along, and they're like, this is a great scene. 
Mm-hmm. And then it's like another scene where he's like, I'm awkward around people. And I'm like, fuck, Casey. <laughs> it's so hard to watch some of these scenes. Okay. I hated it so much. How was the writing? It was good. It was fine. So the writing is great. The performances are great. The performances... It's just, it's just you found uh, certain stuff frustrating because you were actually... I mean, you said it was hard to get into the character, but it looks like you're very much invested after all. I was... I, I got this in, way. Yes. Because at first I was like, fuck this character, man. I don't care. And then I started thinking like, why are you doing this? Stop it. Stop being this person. Yeah. And But no, like the fact that I was talking to the... I wasn't talking to the screen, but you know what I mean. Like the fact that I was thinking like, why are you doing this? Like why why couldn't life be like this? Weird movie, man. It's Please. such a slow movie. Well, it is a weird movie because... Uh, it, like, it doesn't follow like conventional it, screenwriting uh, stuff. You know what well, I mean? In a matter of minutes, you go from a drama to a comedy. Oh and, yeah, and the comedy is awkward. I agree with that. I like the like, comedy. Like, in it. Like, like, like there are certain parts where I'm like, all right, this is a pretty heartbreaking part mm-hmm. of the movie, yeah. and yet they're doing something funny about it. Yeah, I, I think, and I, I, for example, I think the one of the most heartbreaking scenes is you find out why Casey Affleck is the way he is. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, that scene. <laughs> when he picks up the bag. Are you talking about that scene? No. Because that, that was funny. No, where they take What's-Her-Face to the stretcher. Oh, yeah. Oh, because like, <laughs> that was so fucking... I was like, just do it already. Come on. Like, what? But that's what I'm saying. Is like this this film certainly has a way of, like, tugging the heart at the same time, like, making you laugh. But they make you question why you're even laughing. Yeah. Like, no one does what I wanted them to do in this movie. All right. No one did anything. No one grieved properly. And I was just like, I, I. Uh, you sound for for someone that likes the film. You sound so frustrated. Yeah. Cause I actually I don't know. I kind of wanted to go into this, and I wanted to feel like, like I wanted to feel sad, like really sad or something. Maybe it was just me. Today's a weird day for me, but I wanted to see this movie and be like, man, that's really sad. You wanted to project your feelings on this I want, film? Yeah, and they didn't... They, I, I didn't project anything. They projected all the awkwardness in my life onto the screen. And I was like... So ah. you're, you're disappointed that the film didn't meet what you yeah, needed what I emotionally. Needed, uh, yeah. The film was not emotionally <laughs> invested in you. No. <laughs> and if anything, I want these movies to cater to my needs. All right? God, you already sound like a professional film critic, man. Everything revolves around you, doesn't it? <laughs> this is me. This is my characteristic, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm all important. This movie's way too slow. Well, I found it enjoyable. It was fine. Whatever. I had a different... Apparently, I had a different experience than most people. Uh-huh. My my quote wasn't on that poster. It would have mm. been like, this film fucking disappointed me. Well, he, not. I want to like, talk about that. I think it's a good film. It's, I, it was I, great. I enjoyed it. But the hype behind it, I'm not too sure about it. Yeah. The, like, a lot of people are, 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 are really putting this up there as, you know, such a great, great, great film. Again, I think it's a good film. I personally had a good time with it. Um, you had a good time? Yeah. Well, you know, a good you know, time. That's well, the wrong word. Well, I, I didn't walk out like, oh, that was a piece of shit. I was thinking about walking out, honestly. Oh, okay, what the fuck is your deal, man? I didn't. Do you like this film or not? I don't know. Do you, do, you, do you like this film or not? This film's fine, alright? This film's fine. Someone might like it. You tell me you like it, and then you tell me you're frustrated, it's and then like, you tell me you try to walk it's out. It's like a child. Okay. I don't know if I like it yet or not. <laughs> Why did you want to walk out? It was just too slow for me. Like, nothing was happening. This guy is very passive. This guy doesn't show too many emotions. And it, the fact that I wanted to walk out because like I was just like, nothing's really happening. 
You know what I mean? Like, he moves over there. He's talking to this kid. This kid's trying to get laid. It's just like, whatever, man. Whatever. And then, like, this brilliant scene where he finally shows some emotion. And I'm like, wow. He's, like, I'm interested again. Hmm. Like, it pulled me in. It knew. It's like it knew when I was just like, I'm going to walk out. And then they did, it did something. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll stick around. All I'm right. just going to leave it there. Thank you, Jacob, for coming. Yeah. Good night. There you have it. You heard the latest review of Manchester by the Sea by our very own film critic here at the JMS Podcast, Jacob Wheels. Again, the full review is actually uh, twice as long, and it's on YouTube. Just search for JMS Podcast, Wheels on Reels. And uh, I hope you enjoyed that review. As usual, it doesn't usually go anywhere. Uh, That's why I love hearing reviews by him, and I think they're hilarious. So, yeah, stay tuned for the uh, the other Oscar contending films. All right, let's go with our conversation with Matt Regan. All right, let's go do that. I'm trying to hum. I'm so excited for La La Land. I don't know about you guys, but I'm very excited for that film. So I'm like trying to hum these musical numbers in my head. So I'm going to hum out a musical uh, a number to transition over to Matt Regan's conversation. So I'll go like... um. Hmm, 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 hmm. No, okay. I, I, I gotta tune my nose up. Hold on. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Nope, not right. Let me tune it again. Matt Regan, glad to have you here. Thank you very much. In the much studio. Already. Oh, dude, I was gonna take off my. Oh, my ja- no, I'm keeping my jacket on. It's, no, no, you can keep it's putting cold. your jacket on. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not know. doing it for you. Oh, I had to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's just it's cold, man. Oh, yeah, it's chilly. The weather's chilly. Mm-hmm. It's really cooled down a lot. How you been, man? Oh, man. I've been I've been doing well. Like, I've been doing a lot better. I'm uh, sleeping again. That's very nice. You couldn't sleep before? Um. Well, no, it was... Um... Amnesia? <laughs> Wait, that's... I that forgot right? how to sleep. <laughs> No, I said amnesia. Quite. So dumb. Insomnia. I don't remember how to sleep. How do I do this? It was like you're like bumping into walls. Like, am I sleeping yet? Well, you know what, dude? I, I, I have such a stupid fear. Like, oh uh-huh. god, this this fear is so stupid. Yeah. I have a fear like maybe one day my body's gonna forget how to function. So maybe like my lungs are like, no, oh, we don't man. know how to function anymore. <laughs> oh and, my god. And I just like that die. Is a, that is a terrible thing to like freak out about. You you know, recently I've become a bit of a hypochondriac, but like but like not a realistic one. Like it's always yeah. stupid like <laughs> reasons why I would die. It's like, like oh, one gonna... day my my brain and my lungs are not gonna communicate, and my lungs don't know to breathe. <laughs> One time when I was a when I was a kid, uh, I was in Boy Scouts, and um, and what was it? We were we took this trip to San Francisco to look at the tall ships. We went to the tall ships, and um, we spent the night uh, sleeping on one of the ships, which was really cool. Like there was a cabin in the ships for you. Yeah, to yeah, sleep there was in? like a cabin, and you know there were places to put uh, sleeping bags, and we put up some sleeping bags, and we slept in, on the ship. And um, I remember. Like I was thinking to myself, um, I was thinking to myself, like I sleepwalk, like I have I sleepwalk sometimes. I've sleptwalked before, especially during camping trips, 
And um, so I was like, I was worried. Hold on. So, so you would wake up in, the, in a camp in a cabin in the woods and walk outside? No, no. I would be sleepwalking. I wouldn't even be awake. It would just happen. Like, and I was afraid. That's scary. So you woke up like in the middle of the woods or something like that? Oh, no, 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 no. Not, nothing like that dramatic. But that was this one time. Well, let me finish the tall ship story. Uh, like, I was just afraid. <laughs> let, me, let me explain my first story with another story. Um, uh-huh. What was it? Like, I was afraid that I would sleepwalk and I would jump off the ship or something. Like, that was... Uh, and I was, like, asking the guys who worked at Tall Ships, like, so I sleepwalk. <laughs> like, if I was... If I was... If, you know, if you see me, you know, yeah. is there going to be someone up, like, watching stuff? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone will be up. Don't worry about it. Or is it, oh, you got you to gotta learn how to sleep swim. Or, yeah, dear God. <laughs> what was it? Like, um, last time I sleep, I was sleepwalking, or in Boy Scouts... Like, the biggest notable one was... You were a Boy Scout? Yeah, I was telling you. Yeah, we were on a Boy Scout I'm learning Scout so trip. much from you right now. We've knew each other for years. <laughs> we were for years. I don't talk about Boy Scouts a lot, but... You well, know, that's like, understandable yeah. why you wouldn't, but... Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? What was it? Uh, we went on a... Like, what was it? So the sleepwalking thing became, like, a bigger thing for me. When we went on a ski trip, we went to... Um, oh my God, I don't remember where we went, but we, like, slept in this... Uh, we slept in, like, some kind of community center with, like, a gym or, like, a basketball court. And that's where we slept. We slept in this big basketball court. And, um, you know, on the last day of the ski trip, we were uh, we were packing up all our stuff, you know, rolling up the bags. And, uh, you know, it was like a Boy Scout thing to always, whenever you leave a place you've been sleeping in, you always make sure it was cleaner than when you got there. So like um, you know we were looking for uh, we were looking for this big push broom that is usually in a closet but they couldn't find it so they were looking everywhere for this push broom and um, like one of the leaders goes up to me and he's like hey Matt lift up your pillow I'm like well, okay and the push broom was underneath my pillow and <laughs> the leader goes on to explain to me that he got up in the middle of the night. And he sees me sleepwalking, and I'm sleep. I'm sweeping the gym, <laughs> like, <laughs> like just in the middle of the night. I'm sleepwalking, sleep. I'm sleep sweeping, like. I mean, that, that, gym. that's not so bad. That makes yeah. you a functional sleepwalker. I like, mean, at least you're doing yeah. a chore. Oh yeah, like I'm not a very practical sleepwalker. Like it's just like, man, we got a party tomorrow. You know, I'm like, oh, I, I see. I'll make sure I'm up at two to. I'll make sure I'm half up at two to take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's. It can be scary because I heard of stories of people who sleepwalk, like waking up in the middle of them driving somewhere, like oh, damn. on the road. Thank God I can't drive. And <laughs> well, it makes you think. It's like mm-hmm. how much you don't have conscious control over yourself. Almost. It's kind of like you're. Um, I've never d- now. Bear in mind, I am by no means an expert in sleepwalking. I've just done it a few times. Um, for the most part. The only time I've woken up in a strange place was like uh, I, woke <coughs> I woke up and I was like I was just in, I was just in a bed that wasn't. Sorry, mine. I got a bed. That, that's fine. Do you want Do you want some water? You brought me uh, water. That's do you okay. want some of it? Okay, I'm good. Like, sorry yeah. for the listeners out there. Like, oh, oh. I, it's always it's never good when you hear someone cough. Oh man, yeah. Like like we were talking in the car. Like if someone sneezes, cute. That's a good thing to listen yeah. to hear. You know, but when like, someone's coughing, regardless if you're beautiful or not, it's like it's annoying. Coughing, 
It's like it's not annoying. It's like I mean, I, never I mean, heard, if you get annoyed, that's fine. I never like, heard of a cough that sounded cute. I've never, you know, coughs don't sound good because you always just kind of associate them with someone being sick. Oh, um, that's interesting. You yeah. know, it's like you know, you only cough when you're sick or when you got something stuck in your throat and your body wants it out of you. Yeah, coughing is like a next the next step into vomiting. You know, that's why it's so unpleasant and that's why no one likes it. That's interesting. <laughs> that's a good way of looking at it. Wow. You, know, you were saying, what was I saying? Oh, before my coffin. Oh my god! No, because we were talking about sleepwalking. You know, right. like, I, I yeah. ain't no expert. All right, I'm but... not an expert. Um, only time I've ever woken up somewhere strange was just a bed that wasn't mine. Like it was in the same like area. It was just not my bed. It was mm-hmm. like yeah, it was just some other bed. And you woke up in someone else's bed. I did. <laughs> Like I'm is not there going. More, is I'm, there more to the story? There is more to the story, but I'm not telling. I haven't. I was. I didn't initially tell it to you because you'd immediately get the wrong idea. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, so let me take this from the top. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you woke up on top of someone? No. Oh. Oh okay. my god. <laughs> Sorry. You'll figure out why I'm so defensive about this. Yeah. We were. I was on a family vacation. <laughs> See where this is going. Um, I was on a family. We were on a family vacation no, that, at Disneyland. Matt, that's just sick. Don't go there. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're saying Jesus Christ. Sorry, I, I, I want to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> we were on a family vacation to Disneyland, and um, you know, like we all, you know, we had a hotel. We had like a motel room, and like you know, it was it was always you know same way it usually was. Issa had her own. My sister had her own bed. My brother and I would share a bed, and uh, Dad was like he had some work problems, so he couldn't. He couldn't come with us, but so, you know, mom had her own bed. And, um, in the middle of the night, apparently I had gotten up and, um, I started doing jumping jacks in the hotel room. Like mom told me about this next morning. I started doing jumping jacks and this wakes my mom up and mom's just like, Matt, go to sleep, go to bed. And I just sit like in her bed and I just like fall over and I go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of wake up, and I'm all like, why am I sharing mom's bed? This is kind of like, what happened? And then mom told me about the jumping jacks. I'm like, yeah, that's weird. So, like, have you noticed, like, you lost weight, but you just couldn't figure out why? <laughs> Only to realize that you've been, like, sleep exercising? <laughs> sleep. Like, I just, like, I just, like, every morning at 3 a.m., I get out of bed and start doing crunches. And just, like, oh, that'd be great, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, you just wake up one morning, you're like, where did I get these abs? <laughs> just, like. Make life so much easier. Oh my god, it would be just if you exercised in your sleep. That'd be fantastic. But as I said, when you're sleepwalking, you don't have conscious. I mean, you're working on both some motor skills and some, uh, I guess, like it's like subconscious stuff, right? But and do you feel, do you feel like there's a connection to that in acting? Because when you're in acting, you are consciously uh, trying to portray someone or some a character. Actually, it's like, um, but 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 sometimes. Yeah. Uh, do do you feel like that seeps in your subconscious? I mean, I feel like Th- does that make sense? I don't know. A little that. bit, I think. A little so. bit. Like I was gonna say, like, <laughs> like with acting, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of almost like a muscle memory, so to speak. Like I, I, I act, I perform in theater, so like, um, you do some screen acting yourself. I've done, I've done some screen acting. I've done a little. Well, bit. you're primar- you're primarily a guy for the stage. Yeah, uh, most of my training is for stage. Um, and um, what was it with uh, theater acting? It's like a, it's kind of a muscle memory, almost kind of subconscious. Like 
you know, you spend about a month and a half rehearsing something so that by the time the show comes up, you know, you, you know, you know, it like the back of your hand and you can do it easy. The, um, so like whenever I'm doing, um, whenever I'm doing a show, like, you know, it's, um, it doesn't even feel like I'm pretending I'm just doing it. Yeah. Like, does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're not acting anymore. You're actually doing it. Yeah. It's, um, oh my God. My, um, one of my, uh, one of my professors in the theater department, uh, Beverly Massett Swanson, she went to, uh, she went to this, uh, she, uh, she told me this story a while ago. Um, she went to this, uh, Al Pacino, uh, Q and a, like, you know, this thing where they had Al Pacino come up and they were like talking about Al Pacino and they had a Q and a later. And my, uh, this professor asks him like, um, I'm always telling people to, uh, Go out on a limb because that's where the fruit is. And okay, what does that mean? It means like, um, like take take risks. Yeah, take risks. Okay. You know, go out there. You know, try something. You know, try stuff. And you know, it's the it's a same similar policy in kind of acting. Like, it is a lot easier for a director to like kind of hold you back or like you know ask you to pull the energy back than for them to force the energy out of you. Mm. Like, you know, that's kind of the thing. You know, when Bev says, uh, go out on a limb, that's where the fruit is. She's saying, you know, you got to get out there because I can't make you get out there. And um, what was it? Yeah, so she went to this uh, Al Pacino event. There was a, and uh, she was at. <laughs> you just repeating. So she asked this. I have a terrible memory, so I had to, like, pick up, like, on I, stories. Where I I'm feel at. like you're asleep interviewing right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't. That's weird. <laughs> so right. I just wake up randomly. I'm like, Holy shit! Where am I? <laughs> You're in the middle of a podcast. Oh my god! Wait. So she meets Al Pacino, which is a Q and A. Yeah, yeah it's and a she tells him that she tells her students, to yeah, go on a limb, go on and a take limb. Risk. That was the fruit is, and Al Pacino's like, that is a very good piece of advice. And uh, you know, Bev was like, do you have any advice for me? And uh, Al Pacino, um, he said to her. Uh, you know, once you uh, tell your students that, you know, once they learn the lines, forget them and tell the truth. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Such an actor thing to say. Uh, it is. <laughs> it really is. But I mean, like, it kind of, um, it kind of goes back. I mean, you ever hear an actor talking about being in the zone? Mm-hmm. Like when they say they're in the zone, like they don't like, you know, everything's like a reflex almost. Like, that's kind of, like, what it is. Like, it's almost like a, you know, that muscle memory kicks in hard enough that, you know, you, you know, you basically perform your lines. Like, you know, you execute it, you know, the same, um, you know, like, it's a snap, pretty much. Like, it's a reflex, almost. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you, and it's interesting for you, in particular, because not only are you a stage performer but you do musicals as well yeah like I seen your last production of uh, Corridos Remix <laughs> I, I loved it dude I, thank I, you I went in not knowing anything mm-hmm. and I, I, I absolutely loved it but watching you and watching uh, the other actors the the leads especially the gal uh, what's her name uh, uh, Jenny Hernandez yeah she so, you know running around jumping mm-hmm. uh, singing dancing very very vibrant yeah. and, I, and I'm like you guys are superhuman. <laughs> 
you guys <laughs> must be like you guys are like and by, by no means it's Broadway level but goddamn it's pretty it, close yeah and it's thank like thank you thank you because I've seen Broadway productions at least yeah. the, the touring ones and they're great yeah. and always fun oh, and yeah. even then I was like these guys are, are and gals are superhuman <laughs> Like, how can they keep up with everything and on top of that, deliver the lines as authentically as they can? (laughs) It's like, um, oh man, like with musicals, it's like very different from doing like contemporary theater or Shakespeare because it is usually so much more physical. Like you have to check in with your own body like a lot more when you're doing a musical than when you're doing like a, like a contemporary play or like Shakespeare. Because, like, um, especially with something like Corridos, because, um, you know, there was also a huge dancing aspect. I don't know if I told you this before or not, but uh, what was it? Um, I was actually originally in a lot more of Corridos. I was in more of the numbers, but I was pulled out of a lot because I sprained my ankle twice. Like, yeah, um, theater, <laughs> theater is apparently not for pansies. My God. How'd you sprain it? Um. <laughs> <laughs> it was um it was the same musical number actually. Uh, do you remember uh, do you remember the one it was uh, Contrabando y Traición? Okay, man, your Spanish is, is not working with you right now. Okay. Right. <laughs> Say it again. Contrabando y Traición. Contraband and and uh, betrayal. Yes. Okay. It was the one with um yeah, yeah. Um, Emilio. It was like the story of Emilio yeah. and uh And that's the thing Camelia. I love about that production is that they they really took in some classic film I mean classic films some classic songs and music oh, yeah. and really had a little spin to them yeah I mean Contrabando y Traición is actually a, apparently it's a pretty popular uh, narco corrido yeah very popular yeah dude before I, narco corrido was a thing oh yeah it was like uh, one of the first ones um and originally I played Emilio I was originally cast to play Emilio in that but um, I sprained my ankle twice during that number because mm. there was this part where um, what was it? It would be uh, me and uh, Jenny. We would be uh, you know we'd be pushing the shopping cart that was our car, and um, we were doing this thing where we were holding on to the uh, you know that handle of the shopping cart, and we were sort of doing these uh, kicks out sideways, like you know we'd be doing these outward kicks yeah. as we were pushing this cart. Yeah. And these outward kicks, I already had a bad feeling when the director told us about them. <laughs> and uh, first time I sprained my ankle, I landed on my foot wrong. And I, I rolled it pretty much. I landed, like, you know, right on my ass. Oh, no. And it was it was terrible. It was painful. And it sucked. And you kept dancing? No. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I, like, um, you know, I just kind of fell over. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, I cannot stand on this foot. <laughs> And so he sat me out and just kind of, you know, we put some ice on it. And um, we, um, you know, he just had me, like, shout my lines from the audience and, you know, just have her just kind of going off herself. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, you know, I would be shouting my lines from the audience and she would be looking at where I would be standing pretty much. Like, that's kind of how that went. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, Uh so I... You know, I had to stay off that ankle. I get an ankle brace. I ice it all the time. And eventually I'm able to, like, perform again. And I can, like, do the dances and stuff. Eventually, I feel my foot feels better enough that I can do it again. And then um, we're getting up to the point. We're getting really close to the show date. And uh, we're doing our crew run-through. 
where uh, we pretty much, you know, the actors all run through the whole show so that the crew can watch, so they can get an idea of what they're working with. You know, the makeup people, the costume people, and the, um, you know, the lights and sets. It's like a tech run, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like a tech run before, like, there's even tech kind of right. thing. And um, we were getting together for the crew run through, and uh, we were doing that again, and we were, you know, we were in our little car, and we were doing our little sidekicks, and um, part of the story of Contrabando y Traicion is um, that they were smuggling marijuana past the border by hiding it in the tires. Mm-hmm. So what we did was that we had a tire on stage where we would shove bags of weed, you know, it was just green stuff that we shoved in a bag, Yeah. and... Um, you know, we stuck that in the tires, and we put that in that little bottom shelf of the uh, shopping cart, and we uh, kept it in place with bungee cords. But during the crew run-through, one of the bungee cords was kind of off a little bit, and the tire fell out, and I stepped on it. And right. I rolled my ankle you again. S- you stepped on the tire that fell yeah, out. Yeah, while we were doing the outward kicks. Uh-huh. And I stepped on it again, same ankle, I'm on the ground again, and I'm just going like, oh my god, no, again, why? <laughs> the same like, number. Yeah, the same musical number, the same ankle. The same step. <laughs> and the same step. Yeah. Like, it was just like, oh my Dude, god. That's just a sign. Jenny was distraught, the director was freaking out, everybody was like, oh my god. It was a, it was a huge episode, um, they... <laughs> The stage manager took me to the emergency room to see if I can walk. Yeah, there and, we, um, we need him for the play. He can't. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like, and, you know, luckily it just turned out to be, you know, a minor sprain. It was just a sprain. Um, I had to stay off of it for a while. They gave me crutches. And, um... And you... <laughs> I just imagine you still still try to be part of the musical head. <laughs> like just in with crutches. The, with in crutches. I mean, for a while. Because like, after that crew run through, we were we were starting tech pretty much, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> so like I was pretty much hopping around everywhere on crutches, and they were just like, "Matt, just sit in the audience, okay." <laughs> and they just had me shout my lines mm-hmm. until I was able to walk again. But the guy they replaced you, he was an awesome. He did a good job. Oh yeah, he's a fantastic actor. That was uh, Rishona. Mm. Uh, I think his last name is pronounced Siam Siamu. I think I could be wrong. Okay, I think it's something like that. Yeah, he's a fantastic actor and with an amazing singing voice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he w- he replaced me on Contrabando. And um, what was it? Kinan Kinan Valdez, the director, uh, the son of Luis Valdez. Uh, he, uh, you know, he pulled me out of a bunch of the heavier dance numbers because he did not want me injuring my foot a third time, you know, to make some sort of lifelong injury, essentially. Man, I thought breaking a leg was a good thing in theater. <laughs> it's a good thing when you're talking about it, but actually going through it kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you didn't break it, you sprained it. Oh, yeah, I sprained it. It was just my ankles. You, so, you you, know. You're supposed to go on a limb. Uh, ha, 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 That's where the fruits are, uh, <laughs> You're hilarious. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but when did uh when did acting and became an actual endeavor for you? Oh man. Um that's a that's a story. So, um I first started like um uh more seriously 
like doing theater stuff in uh, high school. I was in a I was in a musical freshman year. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. I was the understudy for Linus, and they had a show where they had all the understudies perform as if they were the leads. And and still to this day, some people who saw that show tell me like that was the best one. Plus, also because the leads sucked ass. I'm sorry, they were dreadful. But this was high school, man. This was high school, but I, I, I was in a couple high school productions. I really <laughs> should not have been. Oh come on! Uh, no, dude. This one time, like I, uh-huh. I, I got, I went in for a small, wanting a small comedic role. Okay. I ended up with one of the big, not the leads, but like the secondary characters who Ooh, are who are man. still part of the story. Yeah. And it's a dramatic role. <laughs> and of course I took my stab at it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and after a while I got it down, but there was one I think it was the last night. Because we had three <laughs> nights. On the last night, my epic uh, uh, speech with my son <laughs> and and our conversation goes from like, you, hey, how do you, you remember do? what play this was? Yes, like, it was Splendor in the Grass. Oh, Splendor in the Gla- Grass. Yeah, I don't know that one. And okay. and I'm like, you know, having this this heartfelt conversation with my my son, which soon escalates to like me, like kicking him out of the out of my business. Oh, okay. But like I I like halfway through performing it. <laughs> I lost my lines. Like, I just blanked oh, out. Man. Like, a good three paragraphs of my lines. <laughs> and I, I, I pause, and I look at the, I look at my, my, my fellow actor. I can see in his eye the panic. Oh, no. I, that's the, the worst. And then you can see it in his eyes, because the audience sees that, too. And they're yeah. like, oh, boy. And then, then like, all of a sudden, like, my, my senses just, like, went hyper. Like, I was like, I, I felt the warmth <laughs> of the light, and... Just the like a couple hundred eyes looking at me, and I just <laughs> race to the first line I, I try to remember, and which is like the last paragraph where I just explode on him. Oh man! So you know, th- to the audience, I, I went from "Hey, how's it going, son? Get out of here right now! <laughs> you don't understand me." <laughs> oh man! Oh man! That was awful. I mean, For, like I, I apologize to the director. Uh, I was like, you should never have casted me. Oh, dude! No, come on, dude. That's why, <laughs> dude. Shit like that is why theater is fun. Well, because shit like that is meant to stay show, in high school theater. I mean, yeah, 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 definitely. But um, like, I mean, with theater, every show is different. Like, you know, you always, you know, things will always surprise you. Each night is a different performance. Like. Was like going back to Charlie Brown, the understudy show. People tell me was the best one because the understudies were all way better than lead actors. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying. I don't, I don't like tooting my own horn, but that was, you know, that was the actual truth. The guy playing Linus, he never learned one of the songs. You know, like I'm, I'm fucking serious here. Like, why were they even casted as the leads? eh? (sighs) Cause he's like that guy you always cast as one of the leads, you know. Like who's that guy? Oh my god, this guy's name was Charlie Guptill, and um, yeah. But what makes him the guy that you always cast? He's like he's that tall, pale white guy who has you know he's peppy as hell, and like <laughs> he's like so energetic and happy about what he does. Yeah. And this this guy did not learn one of the songs, and that yeah. like. Let that be a lesson to the listeners. If you're a peppy white guy <laughs> and you're slender, you would do very well in theater. In high school theater, in sure. In high school theater. <laughs> like, um, I mean, you know, if you're talented, by all means, audition for stuff. But <laughs> but this guy just didn't give a shit. No, he did. You know, he did not. And it was just like, there was, you know, just like whenever he would, whenever he didn't know, whenever he got to that part of the song, he did not know. 
He would always just do this stupid ass thing. He would put this dumb look on his face, and he would start like kind of like doing this like jaunty little like shoulder waving like two stepping thing. Like look just, how cute I, I am. Yeah, it's just this yeah. really you know. But everybody's just like, oh my god, no, don't. So when like, so when like you know, understudy show came up, you know, we, you know, that was the best show of that particular run. But that's actually not what made me decide to make theater my what was it. My passion. I just like telling that story. Hmm. But, um... Well, it's interesting that your school had an understudy program. I mean, that was the only show what, what I did. <laughs> that was the only show I did in high school with understudies. Uh-huh. That was the only time. Yeah, because I was like, I don't... My high school didn't have that. Like, yeah. everybody, everybody was in. We only had that freshman year. Hmm. Like, my freshman year... What high school the, was this? This was Willow Glen High School. Yeah. And, um, you know, after that was like, um... It was all shook up, no understudies. Then was Sweet Charity, no understudies. Man, here's and, the thing, uh, man. Though, Oklahoma, no understudies. Here's where I respect you so much as an actor, <laughs> is that you are consistently working on something. Like every time we meet, we're like, uh, we're like, I'm working on this, and I have this coming up, and I'm in this production, I'm in that production. You're like already I mean, for me, you're already a working actor, and you're you haven't even graduated I, yet. I would be a work. I would be a working actor. If, if I paid. was getting paid, that's yeah. true. These are all like school shows, right? So these are essentially sh- it's essentially shows where they already know me and they know like what I can do. So they you know they usually have a spot that I can fill. Do, so like, do you even audition anymore? You're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I audition. I audition still, but like you know sometimes, sometimes I'll just kind of go with like this monologue that I just kind of carry around in my back pocket, pretty much. Like, it's just kind of a monologue. I've done it enough times, and I'm familiar enough with it that, you know, like, I just kind of pull it out whenever I'm doing, like, one of the school shows. That's something I recently uh, beca- uh, recently uh, am becoming to understand. Yeah. If you're looking to be a serious actor, it is you should really uh, consider certain monologues for certain auditions. Yes. And and you should. Definitely. Because for me, I thought, like, oh, I just have a kicker monologue. That's all you need is that one monologue. I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 it, no, it's, no. It's best to have a variety of monologues yes. to choose from. You need to, you need to, what was it? Whenever you audition for a play, or like, you know, if you know what you're auditioning for, you have to, um, you have to, first, you have to read the script of what you're going to audition for. And then. <laughs> I, I feel yeah. that's common sense. I mean, it, I mean, like. It is common sense, but I it took me a while to finally start doing it. One time I auditioned for in the for a production of In the Heights with Children's Musical Theater, and I went in singing Lonely Room from Oklahoma. Like In the Heights is this high energy like hip hop musical, and I came in singing like the dark scary song from Oklahoma pretty much. Uh-huh. And I was not, I did not get a good part in that. I was just I was I was man on bridge with newspaper. And, you know, that was that was that was pretty much my role is that I would I would walk on I would some I would sing in the wings or I would be on stage on the bridge with a newspaper. Right. right. <laughs> and that was pretty much it. Yeah. You you, you were very hit, well hidden. Oh man. Uh-huh. I got method with that newspaper though. It looked like I was doing a crossword yeah. because I was. <laughs> like, hey, I, I brought hey. a pen with me and I was actually doing a crossword on stage while the show was going on. Well, it's like what you said, you do it so much you're not acting anymore, you're just doing it. <laughs> yeah. It's a reflex. That was that was a long time ago. That was a few years ago. I've gotten much better since then. Uh-huh. So, when did it start? How old were you? 
Uh, but when I like want to be serious about acting, yeah, because I met your parents. They're like, your parents are yeah. sweet people. Yeah. They, they don't look like you know overachieving parents who are trying to push their their children into the arts. No, like I mean, what was it? They both work like you know they're just very hardworking people. Like they're um, you know what was it? My uh, dad works in like sort of teaching people about computers, and my mom is an administrator at Stanford. So you know they're both very very hardworking people. So, like, pretty much as long as I'm doing stuff and working hard at it, they're, like, pretty much happy with it. Um, what made me really want to get into acting, well, it started around college. Or, I mean, you know, it's kind of started around, like, 17, 18, you know, like, when I'm looking at colleges and trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I was thinking about going into theater arts. Um, like, in high school, I was thinking about majoring in theater arts. Just go straight in, learn everything about theater. But, like, you know, people were always, like, telling me, like, they would always say to me, like, oh, but, you know, like, it's very inconstant work, you know, you're never going to have some, you're, you're never going you're never gonna to have, like, a stable living with that, and, like, you know, it's really competitive and stuff, and I'm like, okay, they're making some good points, um, how about I major in English, I study to become a teacher, and then I can teach, and then over the summer, I can do shows, you know, I can still act, it's like kind of a side hobby. So teaching but was the thing you were going in. Teaching was initially my plan for college. And then I started going to college and I was taking English classes. At San Jose State? Yeah, at San Jose State. When I realized my English classes sucked. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and, like, you know, I hated them. I, I did not enjoy my English classes. So I, I was kind of slumming around in the general education for a while and um, I took a I took a beginning acting course with a fantastic professor uh, named Lauren English. I love this professor to death, but unfortunately she was not teaching after I took that class. So you know I haven't been able to like I haven't seen her since. But um, yeah, she you know I took that class and it was the most fun I had had in college up to that point. Like I loved that class so much, and I thought, okay, to hell with English. I'm gonna I'm gonna change my major to theater arts, and that's what I did. Mm. And when you were looking to get into theater, wh- what were other choices you were considering besides San Jose State? Um, my other choice for college, um, I I um, when I was looking at colleges, I I also I applied to UC Davis, and I also applied to uh, San Francisco State. Yeah. Although uh, San Jose State was my first choice because it's close to home, and you know I can do laundry and spend time with my family and stuff. I don't have to do worry. laundry. Is laundry I, the past no, time in your family? Actually, the original reason was because my family throws sweet parties and I didn't want to miss them. Oh. <laughs> I was I, like, I come, I'm never I, invited to that. I mean, Hey man, I'll hit you up sometime. <laughs> like, you know, like now that I know you're interested you know, I'll, I'll call you. Like, I don't know if you're not, if you're not doing anything for like, I don't know what we're celebrating. I mean, next we're celebrating Christmas. Oh. That all uh, needs some special permissions. Man. I'll be there. I'll be there for Christmas <laughs> for you, with you and your family. I mean, yeah, if you're not doing anything, I'll ask. Like, you know, it's like, I'm like, I mean, like, yeah, it's just like, hey, if, is it cool if my friend Jorge comes over for Christmas? And my mom will be like, uh, my mom will ask, doesn't he have family? And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, you say yes, but I heard you guys make some great parties. Yeah, but I told him we have great parties. I'm, I'm willing to ditch my family for a, a great Regan family. Oh my party. god, don't! <laughs> I'm so, what was it? My my mom has had enough of my. Or I mean, no, she has not had enough. But what was it? My mom's got enough kids, like constantly, basically living in her house. Like yeah. my sister has two friends. 
named Alana and Jack, and they basically live in my house. <laughs> they're like, they don't actually, they don't always sleep over, but they're at my house often enough where, um, where you know, we just kind of basically accept that they kind of live here. Hmm. There was one point where Jack was over, and he just like walks up to the fridge and he just kind of starts looking through like oh, what do we got like yeah like he's just gonna make himself something and, and like he's really making himself at home yeah yeah pretty much like he's made himself at home so like my <laughs> before you know it so he's, yeah. he's gonna be sleeping in your bed and be like oh, it's my room now oh hell no he is not he does not have the he does not have the stench tolerance to live in my room <laughs> my my room is terribly messy yeah mine too oh yeah i mean it's not that bad you have a floor yeah you know you have a floor you can see the floor yes i can see the floor of your room trust me you're fine (laughs) like that was this joke i used to make where it was like i was cleaning my room for two weeks and uh when i was finished i saw a corner of the ceiling that's how bad my room is I, I still tell people this one where, um, you know, if you ever want to see my room or walk into my room, you're going to need a week's worth of food and a gun so you can hunt for more food. Like, <laughs> my room is disgusting. It really is. That's where the party must be then, huh? <laughs> well, let's see. So you started doing that college level. And we, we met... Yeah, it was not really theater based. As uh, we was, we uh, met through stand up comedy. Yeah, we I started with you almost like yeah we, yeah we we were in that uh, we were in that first club with Rob. Yeah, Rob Roy. Yep, Rob Roy Rhodes, mm-hmm. my, my comedy sensei. <laughs> so, <laughs> what got you into stand up? Oh man, stand up was something else. Um, stand up, I was doing in high school, like. Um, a friend of mine, my best friend in, from elementary school, introduced me to a com- to this comedian, Brian Regan. No relation, don't ask. Um, Must get that a lot. I do so much. Like <laughs> he introduced me to like some of Brian Regan's stuff we were watching on YouTube, and it was the funniest shit ever. I, I, st- and oh my god, I love him still. Like I saw him live a while back when my friend won tickets from a radio contest calls me up he's like hey man you want to see brian regan you bet your freaking ass i want to see brian regan hell yeah and um <laughs> where was he performing oh my god it was at the um, center performing arts i believe so yeah in Is downtown that, san jose yeah 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 that big uh that big theater with like the little bear statue in front that one that okay. real big theater uh-huh yeah it was over there it was oh my god he is so funny i love him and um he was essentially my initial inspiration to get into stand-up like um i started stand-up around like a sophomore or junior year in high school and um i would do some of the i would do some of these talent shows around school like that's where i would do stand-up and um wait talent shows I mean, yeah, they had like little, you know, like little things like sign up, show your talent, yeah. And I would do stand up at these. How how did it go? <laughs> it was, um, did you bomb? No, I I mean I did okay. It was kind of hit and miss. Yeah. Some of the stuff was funny. Some of it was not funny. There was actually this one night where they had a stand up comedy night at my high school, and uh, you know, like um, the guy organizing, he's like, "Matt, you gonna do it?" I'm like, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna do it." And um, that's ballsy for high school to welcome stand up comedy. I mean, it, it it was clean. It had to be clean. You know, that was the one rule is that it had to be clean. 
Mm. Um, there was, I mean, like, and they um, they filmed it and they gave me a DVD of it, and I I rewatch it once in a while, and I was like, oh man, I cannot watch old videos of myself performing. <laughs> it, it's it's not terrible, but it's it's unpleasant for me. <laughs> I man, to this day, I can't see myself performing stand-up either oh <laughs> like you know doing high school stand-up this is when i'm telling jokes like freaking uh you know like i was talking i did this one i used to do this one joke this was my first stand-up bit where it was um you know it's like i saw this billboard it said uh donate your car what was it uh was it donate your car free towing tax deductible help children in what are children gonna do with a car? You know they can't drive that shit. Or I didn't say that shit, but it was like <laughs> they can't drive. I mean, you know how would they? You know what would they do with it? And it's just like, mom, can I have a car? Like, what do you? What do you? What so you can get get into car crashes? No way. Oh, can I have a tiny electric car so you can have tiny electric crashes? What's wrong with you? Jeez. That's this is like my goofy ass st- yeah. high school stand up. Of course, it's ter- it's terrible. No, it's just well, like <laughs> the interesting thing that you, I think you you, you still do it once in a while. I do. Is I you, do. Is you uh, bring in a bit of theater into your stand up, yeah. where you build these characters and you act out these scenes, these comedic <laughs> scenes, as part of your stand up, mm-hmm. which is pretty different around here. Like not yeah. many comedians do that necessarily. Yeah, I mean, like usually when they. Um, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, comedians do make like, like they make a characters. scene like that, but you go all out and really develop these characters. Yeah, I do the same thing with like improv, but like, yeah, yeah, it's like kind of very. Sometimes I'll give them like voices and just like, hey, mom, can, mommy, can I have a car? I got my driver's license out of a Cracker Jacks box. What the hell are you talking about? No way. Just like stuff like that. <laughs> Is that the punchline? No, it was that was just me making up random voices, and it's just like it's like. <laughs> but you're in stand up. You're in improv. Mm-hmm. You're in theater. Yes. How do you do it? Uh, first, I get on stage. I ask the director what to do, and then he tells me what to do, and I do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's but, but, theater. But really, what is it about the stage that attracts you to it? Like, really, for me, it's just fun. Like, I love. Like, when I'm on stage is when I feel really active. Like, that's the most active I usually get. I'm kind of a homebody. I don't do a lot. So, like, you know, when I'm on stage, like, I really feel, I feel awake. I feel alert. And it's like, you know, it's just, you know, I get, like, I get a bunch of energy from it. Like, you know, there's just kind of, like, theater just kind of gives this incredible energy to people. Like, being on stage, it's kind of, it's kind of magical almost. Um, it's, like, it's like validation of your existence kind of kind you think of. like hey you're on a stage people are going to be looking at you kind of they can't ignore you no more a little bit <laughs> it's kind of like that but it, I mean like when I said it was magical like I'm, I'm serious like there was this story a producer told me one time he told me that he knew this actor is this old older man and you know this guy this guy walks on a cane and you know he would be like backstage he would be walking with this cane and, um, he would, um, and like, you know, right before he gets on stage, he would drop the cane and just walk on in normal stride. And, you know, he would do the scene 
and he would you know he would do it excellently. He was a great actor. And then as soon as he was back off stage, he would pick up his cane again and start walking on the cane all over. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's kind of like you know, it's it's like this exhilaration. This, like like a know, high. It's it's yeah, it's kind of a high. Like you know, it's it just feels amazing to be performing for me. Like I love it. To I be, really do. So do uh, you feel like it's like the adrenaline rushing in? Like like what's up? The adrenaline. You're you're, you're constantly oh, on, on yes. like high. Yeah, it's like on yeah. adrenaline. Oh, what, yeah. what am I trying to say? I don't know the fuck I'm trying. Like, to say. <laughs> like, like I, I'm pumped up. Like I'm, like I'm, uh, yeah, like on adrenaline. Um, do you, do you ever uh, deal with like um, post show fatigue? Yes, I I like, I am uh, always tired after I finish a show. Like 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 depression fatigue. Uh, depression. Not. It depends on depends on the circumstances. Because like, I say that because you. At least for me, and I heard I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. But after like a big show, let's say like a big show at the improv or like a big music show or whatever, and yeah. it, I have a friend who told me he's like, "All right, just you know, two things are gonna happen because you're either you're gonna plateau after you're done, and you're gonna mm-hmm. drop low because all that build up for that one date to perform, all that mm-hmm. practice, and all that performance in you, it's gonna take a lot out of you." Mm-hmm. So and when you swing back down, you're you're gonna really swing back down. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I totally get it. Cause sometimes after big shows, I get like super like tired and depressed. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. now now what is life? <laughs> For me, it's kind of like a kind of a what do I do now kind of thing. Like um, sometimes if I finish a show and I don't have anything else lined up for a while, I'll just kind of like well, like. I don't know where I'm I don't know what to do with my time anymore. Like I'll um like <laughs> like they're like I live at home with my parents and like you know when when I'm doing a show there will be like sometimes it'll be like weeks go by and they don't see me. So then I'll just kind of be back in the mold after that. And um the uh, I had this thought a moment ago. I swear, like I'll be eating dinner with them, and I'll be like, "Holy shit! I have not been here in a while." Oh man, I'm kind of blown away by this. <laughs> so it's you know it's kind of like uh, you know I'm always adjusting to something. I'm either adjusting to a new show or I'm adjusting to being at home again. And it's like you know it's kind of very back and forth. Mm-hmm. I usually don't have a day job because I'm a student and I'm also doing theater. And I don't want to overwhelm myself too much, but um, oftentimes when I the show will you know like a show I'm doing will be over, like not midway through the semester but like three fourths of the way. So there's still that fourth of a semester where I'm like going home every night and I'm like, oh my god, I'm like home. I'm at a reasonable hour. I'm saying hi to my parents. Wow. Hmm. I mean, not to say it's a bad thing. I love my parents to death. Like. Um, you know, it's just kind of, it's always like this kind of, it's kind of like this adjustment, like it's always back and forth kind of thing. Like I'm never really much in the same place twice. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But I feel it plays a factor in why a lot of working performers at a certain point don't feel or don't can't even function um, normally in, in, in everyday stuff uh, yeah. when it comes to people. Because... Uh, I know people who who've acted and like you put them in a room with, with people. Sorry, you put them in a room with people, 
and they just don't know what to do. They're like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, man. Like, um, I was actually at a, I was at a neighborhood party last night, actually, uh, when you messaged me. And, um, like, you know, these are pretty much my neighbors. Like, you know, they all, you know, they all live around. I was with my family and my neighbors. And, like, you know, it's kind of weird because I never really feel entirely comfortable about talking about theater. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I do talk about it, but I don't really ever, like, go a whole lot on about it. Because sometimes I feel like I'm rambling a bit and they have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. So it's like... <laughs> and, like, um... And what was it? Plus, once in a while, you meet that person who is like, um, like, what was it? You tell them you're going to be an actor, and they're like, oh, so uh, what's your plan B then? Mm. I hate that so much. Yeah. Because, you know, like having a plan B is just basically already planning. You know, you're basically already ready to fail. You yeah. Know, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want a plan B. You know, fuck plan B. Mm-hmm. The, um, you know they you know they're always like oh so what's your plan B when theater doesn't work out uh, plan B is do is do more theater until it works out that's the plan B and um, <laughs> and they look at you like you're crazy yeah and the, yeah and pretty much it like oh my god there was this guy actually at the party last night I went to the bathroom and when I come back my sister goes up to me and she says uh, hey uh, don't don't talk to Mr. Callahan about theater right now he was just talking about how people should not go to college to be an actor and I'm all like I kind of want to talk to him now because <laughs> yeah. I have several reasons why you know you should go like if you want to be an actor you should go to college for it like you know if you go to college to be an actor you already you know you will have so much more knowledge about how theater work or you know just how performance works you know you will know like you know he's like says stuff like you know they'll say stuff like uh you know, oh, you'll, you know, it's hard finding work, and like, you know, you, it doesn't pay well. I mean, clearly, we don't, we don't act because it pay well. We act because it's fucking awesome, and um, and like, you know, when you're when you study stuff like theater arts or uh, radio or film, like, you know, they teach you where to find work. You know, like, I've been, you know, I've been told about, you know, like, um, people have showed me, like, websites and stuff, like, casting websites, where you can put yourself up as an actor, and people will find you and ask you to be in stuff. Like, you know, like, SF Casting or Bay Area Theater. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, like, there's, um, you know, so there's a huge market. And, like, you know, and this guy's, like, basically talking, like, you know, like, oh, it doesn't pay well, you know, it, uh, you know, people shouldn't, you know, you don't, you don't need to go to college to be an actor. I mean, you go to college to be a good actor. That's how you do it. Like some people do like, you know, fresh off the high school boat. They, some people actually do. They go to like New York or Los Angeles or some big town and they try to, they try to be an actor, but they don't really know how it works or like, you know, they don't have any experience under their belt and they think they're going to make it big, and then they end up being, like, trapped, or, like, you know, they're stuck in some crappy job because they can't find acting work. Right. Well, so, being in school gives you an edge because, again, yeah. you, you understand how it works. Yes. On top of that, you network with other actors. Oh, yes. Like, networking with actors. Like, a lot of the professors are usually, um, are you know, the professors, they've been working in the industry, too, like, what was it? A lot of the professors they direct shows in the college, and they're also connected with other directors. 
um, what was it? It's where I met Kinan Valdez, who's the son of Luis Valdez, and who I eventually met. I eventually met Luis Valdez, mm-hmm. and like yeah, I saw him at the when I went when I went to go see Corridos. He was mm-hmm. sitting in the back. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to say hi, but I was like, no, he doesn't know me. This I mean, it'll be too awkward. It's weird. I mean, he just got he probably an, gets it a he lot. Just, he I'm just, just got gonna... an award from a president. You know, yeah. if you said hi to him, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Well, I don't know. I get shy. I get very shy. Uh, yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but I totally hear you, man. People, yeah. it's easy to put down people in uh, creative mm-hmm. endeavors. Yeah. Um, but I think I want to. I think w- what I love about seeing you perform. Is like you really do a good job transforming into, and I know you. I know who you are. Like, like, Thank I, you. like, like I, we know each other. Mm-hmm. So when you act like a different person, where I'm like, wow, Matt's a different person right now. I get really impressed. <laughs> to this day, my favorite performance of yours was a production of a uh, of Marquis de Sade. <laughs> oh, the the play was Marasad. Marasad. Uh, it was like Marasad, and I played Marquis de Sade. Yeah, dude, that was a bomb ass <laughs> production. Like. For me, to this day, I think, and Corridos is close, close to it. Mm. But who directed that that production? Uh, Marasad was directed by Kathleen Normington, one of the professors at yeah. SJC. And I could tell you guys probably had trouble put, putting this shit together. Oh my god! It's a very it was, co- complicated. It was a very, it's a very complicated. Yeah, and it was just and it shows crazy show. Right, and it, it is an insane. Sh- and I, and I it's mean perhaps asking literally. young people like yourselves to go into dark places. Yes. But let me tell you, you guys did pull it off a fine fucking job. Like, Thank you. Like, I was, like, having a good time with it. <laughs> like, I was both disturbed and I was, like, mm-hmm. laughing. I'm like, good job. Because, yeah. uh, you know, as much as acting is perceived as a preppy thing or as perceived as, a, oh, it's a positive thing. No, there's certain <laughs> times where you have to go to you very... You go in very dark very places dark in places. theater. Like. And for someone to do it so well, like you have... I, I think that's a remarkable thing to do. Man, Maras Saad was like, it was one of the most exhausting shows I've done. Like, not just like, um, not just like, you know, being up at, you know, being rehearsing to, from six to 10 every night, not just that, but just like, you know, just like a lot of the, you know, just like mentally, like some of the stuff would really get stuck in my head and stuff. Like playing, like, you know, for those of you who are listening who are not history aficionados, Marquis de Sade was a very, very complicated man. Like, he was very, very complicated. He was very disturbed. So, like, you know, I had to kind of understand things from his perspective. So, like, I had to figure out ways to justify him so I don't play him like a caricature of himself. Like, so, you know, some of the stuff I would have to read and I would have to, like, you know, play off like I enjoy. It was, like, really twisted and it was dark. I had to go to some very dark places for that. Oh, oh man, that was a that was a very exhausting show. <laughs> How do you prepare yourself for those kind of shows? Oh, man. Um, best way to prepare is research. Always do research if it's a... Especially in historical plays. Always do some research. Like... With Marquita Sad, I had to read uh, some of the stuff he wrote. I, you know, I was reading through the play. I read some of the stuff he wrote, and um, you know, ca- uh, Kathleen, the director, she would, um, you know, she would have links to articles and stuff. And oftentimes, what was it around the beginning of uh, rehearsals? Um, you know, she would have the whole cast there for a while, and then she would excuse them and just have uh, me. Um, I had a double for that show. There was another guy playing Marquita Sad, and we took turns. Um, 
and you know the guy playing Jean-Paul Marat um, you know she would have it would just be the four of us in a room and we would just talk about just these two characters and like you know their relationship and um, you know like you know how they would work off each other their thought processes behind stuff so it's a lot of it's a lot of mental work it's a lot of there's a lot of thought behind it and it's exhausting like oh my god <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think, like, again, I think um, the way people perceive theater is almost too glamorous. Yeah. Like, I mean, in some ways, it's supposed to be perceived glamorous, I mean, but, yeah, it, but it the reality is, that people who get, get into acting, it's an exhausting thing. Yeah, it is. Whether it's screen or in theater. Mm-hmm. And if it's not exhausting and you're having fun, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> Like, like for me, I love filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I live, breathe, eat, whatever, filmmaking, yes. writing, all of that. Mm-hmm. But when I'm on set, I'm a nervous fucking wreck. <laughs> I, like, in the last production of uh, Camera, mm-hmm. I was looking at the BTS pictures, and I'm just like behind the camera with my with my both my hands on my on my face, going like, "Is this gonna work?" <laughs> but I fucking love yeah. it. Uh, and I, again, I think uh, it's great for you to be able to re- have a wide spectrum of places to reach. Yeah. Do you feel like that was always something you always had, or is it something you had to develop? Um, I think it's a skill. Like, it's, you know, it's kind of a skill that you learn, like, when you do theater. Like, you kind of, um, um, like, you know, you kind of learn your range by kind of, uh, I mean, like, part of your range is how you look. Like, a director will always look at how you look and kind of figure out kind of where they can put you from there. Because, um, like, you know, the look has to make sense on stage. I've been to a show one time um, where uh, a guy was talking on stage. He was, uh, um, what was it? He was Asian. There was an Asian actor on stage, and he was doing this monologue, and he's talking about his childhood. And this kid runs on stage, you know, he's, like, acting as the younger him, and he was Hispanic. And that didn't make sense for, like, theater stuff. Like, you know, I was kind of like... I'm not, I'm not quite getting it. Like, they kind of look similar, but at the same time, like, they were both completely different, like... Matt, are you telling me you're not for diversity? No, <laughs> that is not what I am saying. <laughs> the thing about theater is that, like... Right, right. It has, it has to be there, a consistency it to ha- it. There has to be some consistency yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, You know, you can't have... Storytelling in general, yeah. You can't have an all-black cast of Hairspray. I'm sorry. But, you know, like, because sometimes, in some shows, it's very, you know, like, you have, there's, like, a lot of history in theater. Like, I mean, a lot of plays are about specific time periods, so you kind of have to go, like, with certain rules and stuff. Or not rules, that's not it. Um, Like, you kind of have to understand sort of culture of different, like, time periods and stuff. If you can, like, you know, if you're also good with uh, history, you know, that's a great skill to have in theater. Because then you sort of have an understanding of, like, you know, how things were working in those specific time periods. Um, like, oh, my God. The only show I've seen pull this, pull off, like, sort of non-conformative casting would be Hamilton. Hamilton has a very, um, Hamilton has a very, like, diverse cast. Like, it's a lot of, um... A lot of African Americans, a lot of Hispanics, yeah. and like, playing founding fathers. Playing the founding fathers, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and there was just like this huge hissy fit that white people had, 
when um, there were open casting calls for Hamilton and it was asking for non-white actors. Like, you know, like a bunch of white people had a huge fit about it. You know what, dude? I recently uh, heard an interview with, yeah. uh, what was his name, Lynn Miranda? Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah, he was on uh, uh, WTF podcast, uh-huh. and he, he mentioned that. Yeah. He mentioned that people, there was a rumor going around that they only were looking for non-white, but he, at least in the interview, he said he denies it. That was never true. We were just going after well, people because it for, said like it was there was like a poster of it yeah. or it was like a handout like a flyer, and it said like you know non-white. Yeah, but like, yeah. dude, I don't know. Like, I mean, like, like I, I don't I, have a problem with it. I, I, I mean, like, maybe it works for maybe the, show. the the casting director said that. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah. but you never know. I mean, a casting director can say stuff. Like I'm not sure that. you heard, if but yeah. I, I'm not saying what you're telling me is not true. Mm-hmm. But we are in the war of fake news, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's all over the place. But but Lynn Miranda, he said uh, that he was not going based on race. He was going based whether the people can pull off these mm. musical numbers and yeah. a lot of these musical numbers were hip hop based yeah um, so I think that played a factor it does it does I'll send you a link to the interview it's really interesting okay thank you um, yeah and um, like a, a yeah a bunch of white people were having a hissy fit about it you know like oh, oh yeah why, why don't you cast white actors huh you being racist and I'm just like dude white people are like the default of theater a director is more likely to cast white actors than, like, you know, and most other races. Like, it is a, it is a terrible... I am very upset with that. You know, it bugs me a lot. You know, because, you know, white people are basically the default. And, you know, the moment white people suddenly think they're being discriminated against, like, there's yeah. just this huge uproar. And I'm just like, dude, this is, like, every day for every other, like, race and ethnicity right. in theater. Yeah. Like, dude, let other people have this one. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's like, my God. <laughs> so funny. Like, people, you're right. White people are the default in yeah. casting. Especially that, that, that slendy, preppy looking uh, white <laughs> guy. Slendy, preppy white guys. Yeah, that you were telling me about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. It's been an hour. All right. It's been a pleasure having you here. Hey, thank you for finally having me on this. I know, I've been, I know. I've been bugging Jorge for, for a couple of years now. <laughs> since episode one. Since episode one, I'm like, when am I being on your podcast, Jorge? It only took 83 episodes in, right? Yeah, it only took 83. Well, <laughs> no, man, it's always a pleasure having thank, you here. And thank maybe you Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll have you back soon. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I feel like I learned a lot. Yeah, it, yeah me too. Yeah. Me too. Well, I mean, it's just fun to talk sometimes. What's some advice yeah, you give some people out there? Um, love what you do. Excuse the family in the background, by the way. Uh, okay. Um, you know, basically, love what you do, live honestly, and always try to be a better person. All right. Well, what do you mean by living honestly? I don't know what the fuck that. I mean, means. you know, just kind of like you know, be you know, be honest with. Yourself. Like it's weird you hearing know, that like, from an actor. <laughs> like, I mean, an actor's people... telling me to live honestly. <laughs> Hold on. Let. I mean, I don't want to take too long because it's been an hour, but like, yeah. the, um, <laughs> I mean, when I say live honestly, just kind of, you know, do what you, you know, do what makes you feel right. You know, just like, you know, don't, don't be a dick. Just, you know, be, you know, be honest, be truthful in what you enjoy. That's yeah. kind of what I mean. I hear you. I hear you. I'm, just, way, I'm just kidding, man. Yeah. Acting isn't necessarily lying. We can talk about this on a future podcast, right. but like, yeah. Right. But yeah, so don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a but dick. Sometimes it's fun to be a dick. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, you can be 
I mean, like, when you're an obnoxious dick. Don't be obnoxious about being a dick. You can be snarky. Here's the thing, man. Mm-hmm. People who are dicks and they don't know they're dicks piss they're me the off. They're the worst kind of dicks. They piss me off. Yeah. But if people are being a dick and they know they're being dicks, I'm like, all right, I can get, yeah. I, I can meet you at under, your level. When you understand you're being a dick, you you kind of you kind of manage your dickishness a little better, so you you know people can put up with you. Mm. But like, if you're just being a dick and you don't even know about how be, how dickish you're being, like you know people can't stand you. I have some horror stories about people, but that's a future podcast thing. <laughs> all right, <laughs> you, you heard it here, Matt Regan. Uh, his advice to all actors and actresses is don't be a dick. Which is very, very good know, advice. Be honest with you know. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with other people, and love what you do. Love what you do. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much for having me.